It's from the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 11, and it's verses 1 to 3, and then 8 to 16. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for, and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what, is, what was visible. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age, and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become father because he considered him faithful, who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they'd been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were looking for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. This is the word of the Lord. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke at chapter 12 and verse 32. Glory to you, O Lord. Luke 12 and verse 32. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning, like men waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. I tell you the truth, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them.
It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the second or third watch of the night. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. So let's pray together before I start. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for all that that means to us. And we pray this morning that you will open that word to nourish us and sustain us and to challenge us along our walk with you, we pray. Amen. So I'm sure that many of you here will spend or have spent during your working lives quite a lot of time in meetings. Love them or loathe them, I think they're all part of our lives together. Be they board meetings or partners meetings, be they small group meetings, PCC meetings, staff meetings, team meetings, they all seem to govern a lot of our lives together. And it's often fascinating to look into, in meetings and see how people contribute. And in those contributions, or those lack of contributions, they reveal very interesting characteristics about themselves. Some people talk a lot and dominate. Some people are very keen to debate the detail to work out every step, to consider every eventuality. And the debaters are sometimes silenced by the confident voice who is very keen to see the big picture. So in our reading from Hebrews, we're given the big picture, the big picture of God's plan. And we start in verse 3 where we have, we start with creation. And we have, by faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So we're starting with creation, and then moving on to verse 16, we have the vision of the better country, a heavenly one, a city prepared by God. In verse 10 as well, the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. So for us, there's a starting point and there's a destination, a beginning and an end. For us believers, the little flock, as it's put in the gospel reading. So we're in the ongoing narrative waiting for what God has prepared in advance. And the news for seekers, if that's what you are here today, is that you're in the narrative too. 
and you're in the narrative whether you want to be or not. So we live in God's world, formed at his command, and God is in charge. He's in control. He's both the architect and the builder. So this is the God that Abraham has found to be good and trustworthy. And Abraham here is the great example of one of the ancients commended for his faith. So what does this faith look like? And the first thing that I would say to you that I think it looks like, certainly in Abraham's case, is that it's an adventurous faith. Abraham started life in Ur, an important city in the ancient world, a place of civilization and education, famed for its large library. And if I might say, think Oxford. But that's the place that Abraham's called to leave, to leave everything that's familiar and to go. And he has no clear idea where he's going and where he's being sent. He's going out into the unknown, away from the comfort of the familiar. Yet notwithstanding all of that, Abraham obeys and goes. And for most of us, I wonder if we're a bit more like the debaters in the meetings Do we wonder what might happen if we go? And what about our families? Do we take God at his word and act on his commands? Recently, I went for the first time to New Wine. And one of the things that I enjoyed doing at New Wine was going to a talk that was given by Um, a pastor from London, and his talk was about how we identify evangelists and how we nurture evangelism. And in giving his talk, he said that he felt that there was great urgency in this, because in this country, the church is in decline. And one of the points that he made in his talk was that to be effective in outreach, it is necessary to have a certain reckless willingness to be adventurous, to step out. But for us, again, do we, do we live this life of caution on the principle of safety first? But that certainly wasn't the faith of Abraham. And we need to think about the first part of the reading... And if you can see and anticipate every detail, does that amount to faith at all? So sometimes it's going to be good for us if we go somewhere new, we start doing something new. And maybe what we'll be being asked to do will be well outside our normal comfort zones. And it wasn't comfortable for Abraham As it says here, he finds himself living like a stranger in a foreign country. And the word is actually more like the word refugee. 
It's stepping out and going. But if for Abraham it was an adventurous faith, I think we also need to have the balance that it was a patient faith. For many of us, if we struggle to be adventurous, we might also find it even more challenging to have to wait. Last week, I braved a rainy Oxford summer's evening in Wadham College Gardens to watch Love's Labours Lost. And in the play, everything seems to be going swimmingly. The king and the princess seem to be hitting it off well together. The king's three chaps, they seem to have got on very well with the princess's three ladies-in-waiting. It's all exciting, it's all thrilling, it's all a big adventure. But then something happens. The princess's father dies. And what does she say to the king? I can't marry you yet. You'll have to wait. And everybody else follows suit. And we don't know what happens. We don't know what happens in the waiting. But sometimes, for those who are of adventurous spirits, it doesn't all happen quickly. So while adventure promises excitement and thrills... Waiting and watching and working when nothing seems to be happening can sometimes be even harder to bear. And Abraham and Sarah knew all about waiting, waiting for that promised son. And our gospel reading helps us on this. It paints a picture of how to keep the lamps burning while we're waiting. So in that time, I think we always need to be ready and expectant. And the early part of the Gospel passage reminds us that we're here to be generous, not to be greedy with our resources. And the problem is that if we become too attached to this world's ways and possessions... We just won't be ready when God calls. So we've had adventurous faith. We've had waiting faith. And then I think the third aspect of Abraham's faith, as in the passage, is that he has a faith that looks beyond the here and now. He's not looking backwards, back to Ur. He's looking forwards. And I think in order to sustain faith generally, it's jolly helpful if we have a vision. So if we have confidence in our destination, that there is going to be a final stop, if we're confident in being partakers of heavenly treasure, I think it makes it all the more possible to face the difficulties and discouragements the toils and the troubles that hit us along the way. And Abraham had plenty of those. Ezra praised to God of Abraham, you loved him 
And to him alone you revealed the end of times, secretly by night. Abraham was blessed with a vision. And in our gospel reading, we too are blessed with a vision and a promise. Jesus' own words confirming the gift of the kingdom. So let's pray for us in part of our ongoing journey that that will be our sustaining vision to keep us all ready for the Son of Man's return. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that we are part of the ongoing narrative that you've written us in. Give us courage to live the life to which we have been called, you are calling, or you will call. And we thank you for the strength provided by the Lord Jesus Christ. And we remember that as we come together to partake in the body and blood of our Lord. Amen.